Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your host, for another great episode of Political Theater. It is I, Charles Nash, coming to you from my hometown and state, Marion, Ohio, and my studios here, and I am coming to you on the Dark Knight mic. And as you can see, I changed some things up with my opening of my show there. We had Peter Gabriel with Big Time. Now, if you all haven't noticed, it is Sunday, March the 19th, 2023. And that means, like it is every Sunday, it is time for the Sunday end of the week wrap-up. Here on my show, yes, hear the applause in the background. So, getting right into the mix of the news for the end of the week wrap-up, we've got a lot to discuss. And, look, I'm going to start off here with the number one topic right now that is dominating, and I mean has been dominating the news all week long. And it's on every major network. And all of them are having a total conniption ship, what I like to call a meltdown, over this whole issue with former President Donald Trump. Yes, I, I know what everyone's going to say. They're going to sigh and they're going to like, really? We're, we're back to Donald Trump yet again in the news? Yes, folks, we are. And... This is why I wanted to bring it up at the beginning of the show. Look, if you haven't heard, there has been talks this whole week that the DA there in New York is going to try and somehow um, arrest Donald Trump next week. They're talking about it. There's a meeting that's supposed to be held here tomorrow on the 20th. Uh, with the DA's office about procedures on how to move forward with trying to prosecute and indict Donald Trump over his, um, I guess it, it, it all foils back to his uh, payment to his attorney. It was $130,000, I do believe, to hush porn star Stormy Daniels from from talking about a supposed affair that they had uh, many years ago. Now, his former attorney, who was went behind bars for some other crimes of embezzlement and fraud, has somewhat spoke out on this, and this is what I'm trying to figure out with this. Not so much what took place, rather if there was hush money or not. Th this, is, this is where I'm laughing at all of this. So you have Democrats right now. You have Joe Biden in the White House. Everybody has seen the straw polls. Everyone has seen the, the, the Republican um, committee, different polls that have come out with the, with the different candidates for the 2024 presidential run. And with everybody that has come out, Donald Trump sits at the top of the game right now. He's dominating again. 
Well, this has shook up the Washington establishment again, especially the Democratic Party itself. Individuals in the White House, Joe Biden, they're not liking this. One, because Joe Biden is sitting very negatively in polls right now with disaster at the doorstep every day with something new at the White House. Severe problems going unchecked nationwide. So, of course, they want to take Donald Trump out. This is what this is about. You have Republicans screaming in the House like the majority leader, Mike McCarthy. You have, well, you have McCarthy saying that he's, um, he's looking into this and wants to know if this is somehow any way politically motivated and if federal money is actually going towards this, this manhunt for Donald Trump. So, look. This is what I find funny about this. The whole time Donald Trump was in office, it was an attack on Donald Trump for anything and everything. Donald Trump got beat by Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential election. Okay, so that should have been the end of everything with Donald Trump that we heard on the news. It wasn't. Had all those people out there with Trump derangement syndrome still going on about it. Here's the kicker, folks. And I have said this before. I will say this again. If you want to take Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, out of the equation in the realm of politics, stop talking about him. The last 48 hours, I have heard nothing from the drive-by media except... Donald Trump, Donald Trump, do you people not understand? You're giving him free publicity yet again. It doesn't matter if you're trying to paint it as a negative issue here. Oh, he's going to be arrested. It doesn't matter. You're giving him free coverage. He has already thrown his hat into the presidential 2024 race. Why do you think he, he did this early? It wasn't just to stave off the FBI and the DOJ and now the New York DA that's after him and every other person in the Washington establishment. No. It's because he knew if you go after him, you're going to be giving him publicity. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. You're giving him free publicity. He doesn't have to run a damn thing in ads. You people in the drive-by media are all over him. You are doing him a big favor by continuing to go on and on and on about this man. Do you not see the same thing that you're bitching and moaning about? About wanting to be rid of Donald Trump? You're promoting. You are promoting him for free. It doesn't matter if it's a scandal or not. You should know that over half of this country, 
and a well-astounding number of people voted for Donald Trump, all you're doing, all you're doing is you are igniting his base by pushing this drivel. And you're giving him free coverage by doing it. You're basically, what I'm boiling down to here, you are basically, you're, you're not getting rid of the monster. You're encouraging it to grow. Now, I have no problem with Donald Trump. I voted for Donald Trump. I think he's been one of the best presidents that we ever had since Ronald Reagan. You have all heard me say this on my show many a times, but for God's sakes, you do not, you do not light a flame like you are under Donald Trump with free publicity, like the drive-by media is doing, and then you're the media and you're sitting there going, we're so sick of Donald Trump. Then stop talking about him. Stop talking about him. I just find this amazing. So you had people like Dan Bongino on his show. He was issuing warnings here the other day. Out there to the drive-by media, the same thing that I'm doing. And he's, this is what he had to say. He said this was over a possible uh, arrest over Trump. He said it's identity politics by the left. And it's like what he said. You are basically, you are basically going to make this man walk into the 2024 political race and he's going to win it. You're igniting a fire keg here. You had the owner and leader of Twitter, Elon Musk. He came out yesterday. What did he say? If Donald Trump gets indicted, you have handed him the key to the White House. It's over. He is your next president in 2024. And I have heard many other people discussing the same comments. Does anybody get what I'm saying here? You're being counterproductive if you're the Democratic Party. And you know damn well that the White House and Joe Biden, they are behind funding this New York DA push to try to indict Donald Trump. They are terrified that the man is leading in the polls. They are terrified of what he, he plans on bringing to another four years if he's elected for president in 2024. They are mortified. So they are going to try to do everything that they can. If that includes throwing the kitchen sink at Donald Trump, that's what they're going to do. And again, this all stems back from this whole issue with $130,000 that the DA in New York is claiming was political campaign funds to silence Stormy Daniels from talking about an, a, an affair that supposedly she had with Donald Trump. Here's the funny part about this. This is, not, this is what's not really being talked about when it's reported on. Do you know this supposed affair happened way before Donald Trump even became president? So how is that a politically funded bribe? That's what I'm trying to understand here. 
You also have Donald Trump's former attorney saying he is the one who made the payments. That Donald Trump paid him back of the $130,000 advancement in the hush money. But again, that doesn't mean that it ties directly to Donald Trump. We're also talking about, I want to know what the actual law is for payment for somebody to keep a story quiet. Let's say it is true. This is not like Donald Trump is paying for, for prostitution, which is illegal. I'm not saying that having an affair, folks, is something to be proud of or, or good, and I'm not promoting that. What I'm asking is, what was the crime that he's supposedly being prosecuted on? Because they really haven't been clear about this. I also want to ask the question, the individuals that they say, that the, that the New York DA says that they have, that is their potential key witnesses to bringing an indictment against Donald Trump. Some of these individuals and in cross-examination and on-the-record documentation are not very well crystal clear with one, their statements, and they've also flip-flopped back and forth on their testimony. So how reliable of a source are these? It's just a question that I have. I mean, then, then you have this that came out on the 18th here, which was yesterday. It says media, this was published on Fox News. I want to read this. It says media anxiety spike after Trump urges supporters to protest his potential arrest. January 6th talk. Here we go again. I want to remind everybody going, let's go back to January 6th. Okay? Let's go back to that day. What they call the Capitol Insurrection. When was there any time when Donald Trump was up on stage, did he ever say to incite attack and panic or to go attack people or to cause physical harm? There is countless hours of him. Not once did he ever invoke violence. He told the protesters and the people at the Capitol building, make your voices heard. That's, that's not an insurrection of an attack or a riot to cause harm. So when did he say that? I have this here. I, I, I also have what Donald Trump has said here. This is what he wrote. It was in all caps. It was... Um, this was on Saturday morning. This was yesterday on the 19th. Um, this is what Donald Trump wrote. Now, illegal leaks from a corrupt and highly political Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which has allowed new records to be set in violent crime and whose leader is refused by George, is, or excuse me, is funded by George Soros indicate that, with no crime being able to be proven, 
and based on an old and fully debunked by numerous other prosecutors fairy tale, the far and way leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested on Tuesday of this week. Protest, take our nation back. That's what Donald Trump wrote yesterday. Now, you had journalists who fixated on Trump's last phrase about protesting and taking back the nation, claiming that it was a clear push for civil unrest. Where does it say that? All it says was he's going to be arrested, and it says next week, protest. Take our nation back. How many political figures in over, let's say, a 60-year time frame have said, you can protest. You don't, don't you? Isn't that part of your freedom of speech, your rights to protest? Okay, let's look at the, the, the phrase here, take our nation back. Well, I believe that's been used, folks, by countless people who have fought for keeping the rights and privileges of our country preserved. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I think I've heard people like Martin Luther King use that. I believe we've had former presidents that have said that exact phrasing before. I believe that we've even had political candidates, Republican and Democratic, who are still serving in House and Senate seats. I believe they've even used that phrase, we need to take our, our nation back. We need to protest. We need to get in people's faces. Hmm, who, who else has said that? Oh, I know. How about Maxine Waters? Democrat. Or, I know, who, who else said that on the steps of the House building after the Roe versus Wade overture who was that that said that we need to take our nation back? We need to protest. We need to make our voices loud and heard for the Supreme Court to hear. Oh, that's right. It was Chucky Schumer, wasn't it? That's right. So here we are again, folks. We have other individuals who have used that exact same phrase, that exact same wording. Where is the prosecution at against them? Where are the indictments for inciting panic or, or wanting to have civil unrest? I mean, if you look at Maxine Walters, for example, what, what was her comment? Her comment was get in their faces, go to their homes, go to, their re go to the restaurants that they're at. Oh, I, I have all of this, folks, and we have talked about this in the past. I'm sure I can bring up the audio clips as well if I need to on this. So where is, where is the, the outrage from all of these politicians, former leaders who have said this? Well, you're never going to hear that. Again, I will have to agree with what is being echoed and has been echoed since Donald Trump threw his hat back 
many years ago into the political realm and ran for president of the United States and won. They're going to continue to come after him because they are deathly scared of him. And you, again, I, I, you, you had other people who are going on here about that last phrase. Here's a great example. You had uh, Kyle Cheney here. It's unclear if his basis, <clears throat> if he's basing this on being informed or on some TV speculation. He cites illegal leaks for this expectation. So it's a bit murky at the moment, but this call for people taking to the streets, take our nation back, is straight from the January 6th playbook. Really? Again, I would like to go back and re rewind time in the video footage. We had all that footage that was released to Tucker Carlson here about a week and a half ago that they aired on Fox News. We've seen the video from Donald Trump on January 6th when he's up on stage. When does he ever incite civil unrest? Where, where does he ever say that? Matter of fact, when has anyone ever said that he said that in a telephone call? When has any of the Secret Service members that are with him 24-7 ever said that he ever incited civil unrest or encouraged it? Well, that's right. It doesn't exist. But here we go. We have comments like this. It's just straight out of a January 6th playbook. He's excited. He's, he's, in, he's insinuating to take to the streets and have civil unrest. Is that what he's saying? I mean, I, I, I'm asking the question, is that what he's saying? I, I don't see that at all. I mean, <laughs> I go down through all of these tweets, and this is all I hear. He's inciting civil unrest. Here's one right here. Someone put on Twitter here, Trump tells his supporters to protest. Take our nation back. Law enforcement better be prepared this time because that's January 6th talk. Is it? Is that what he said on January 6th? Look, I'm asking, I'm asking my listeners here, is that what Donald Trump said back on January 6th? When we had the infamous scourge, insurrection, on Capitol Hill. Is that what he said? Is this exactly what he's saying again? Because I don't, I don't see it as that at all. I see a, an individual here who is continuing to be dogged because he's, he's made political leaps and bounds and contributions to the American public. And you have another side, which is the Democratic Party, and some even Republicans within the GOP who look at him as a threat. So as they see him that way, they're going to do anything they can to try to bring this man down. And again, I, I would like to know why we're, we're taking back your country or take back your country. How is that inciting panic or civil unrest? It's kind of like how I, I viewed this whole 
dumb issue with Make America Great Again. How the hell does Make America Great Again somehow mean you're a racist bigot and that we're self-centered upon ourselves? Where did that come from? You know, I was born in 84. I'll be 39 years old this year, this August. I'm a former, you know, Army veteran. I don't know when this nation became so anti-American upon itself where we look at the wording and the phrase, make America great as terrible. When I hear the wording, make America great again, what I hear is a national outcry of, hey, this country has slipped into something unrecognizable. We need to get back to who we are. We need to get back to caring about each other. We need to get back to being working Americans. Fighting for the American dream. Having hope and faith in God, and which this country was founded on. That's what I look at that phrase, make America great again, because I, I want to ask all of my listeners this. Is America great right now? I want everybody to think about that comment that I just made. Is America great right now? What you have grown up on and what we are now, is it better? I'm going to tell you from my viewpoint, folks, it has slipped into the third level of hell. That's how I see our nation right now. We have allowed anti-religious leadership that promotes satanic religion. We have allowed leadership that has tried to dismantle education and the basics of education in America to something that's unrecognizable to where now we're teaching our children ass-backwards policies and we're teaching them that there isn't a man or a woman. Now it's, it's intermixed and you can be whatever the hell you want. Is that the America that everybody remembers? It's not what I remember. I see violence being promoted instead of law and order. Is that the America that everybody remembers? Let's go back 20 years. It's sure as hell isn't what I remember. So when I look at that slogan that he came up with, make America great again, and they attacked that, that should be an indication there, folks. This, the leadership that's in this country, they're wanting this country to fail. Look at the attack on religion itself, for crying out loud. When we have a nation, we were founded on the principles of freedom and God, and that has been stripped away now and is looked at as a negative. It's being attacked. That isn't America, folks. That's not.
And it's the same thing that they're attacking Donald Trump on and many other conservatives who are trying to fight for this country, heart and soul of the United States of America. And I'm telling everybody right now, this, this attack here is going to amplify. Now, folks, I am 29 minutes here into the first part of the show. I have much more to talk about besides the potential arrests by the New York DA next week of Donald Trump. So stay tuned. Much more to come when we come back from commercial break. The passing of a loved one is never easy, especially when it's the closest one to us, our family pets. Now, everybody knows I had Blue, my Basset Hound, for 17 years, and he recently here just passed. Blue was on my show here with many of my treasured guests over the years, and I wanted to send him off a special way to, to let him know that I loved him and that we cared for him but also to remember him for who he was and what he meant to our family. Today, I would like to tell you about the company that I took Blue to. It was Forever Friends Pet Cremation and Memorialization. They, they turn and, and transfer loss, folks, into treasured memories. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about them. If, if you have a dog, a cat, rabbit, maybe a guinea pig, a treasured animal, pet in your home. They are the people to call if you want to have your loved one memorialized in the way that you feel they should be memorialized. They have all different packages from their premium to their private. They do transfers from homes to forever friends, to forever friends to your home with your, your, your loved pet's remains. And it's very fast, effective, that the people there are gracious and kind. They are open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. They are affordable, but all around a great company. So if you are going through that grieving loss of a beloved pet, please give Forever Friends Pet Cremation and Memorialization a call. They are located at 2420 Advanced Business Center Drive, Columbus, Ohio, zip code 43228, or you can give them a telephone call at 614 683 9804 Looking for some succulent, delicious seafood? I mean the seafood that you will never forget once it hits the taste bud of your mouth. I have a business that is centered in downtown Polaris, Ohio. It's called The Seasoning Crab. Folks, I am telling you, this restaurant has the best seafood that I have ever had in my entire life. Hands down, no joke here. They have appetizers, all sorts of different commodities when it comes to different seafoods, from crab to lobster, shrimp, 
scampi, all sorts of stuff that you could eat. I mean, clams, delicious, delicious. Blue crab, I mean, they have it all, folks. If you like butter noodles, they have it. And they have many different sauces, many different packaged flavors. It's hands down the best seafood restaurant that I have been to. There are many ways, if you would like to try this seasoning crab, you can call them. Phone number 614-987-2055. Or you can go down, their address is 8665 Sankus Boulevard, Columbus, Ohio, zip code 43240. And I'm telling you, they have the best seafood hands down. So give them a call or drive down there to their location. You will not regret it. My friends, how many people here love to fly? Maybe you've been on a vacation where it requires you to get in a big commercial airliner. Or, or maybe you live somewhere local where you have an owner-operator and a small piloted plane who, who does personal rides. Well, if you're someone who loves to fly, or maybe you've never flown before, maybe you have some, some kids or family members you'd like to take up in the air, or maybe you just like to do some sightseeing, maybe see a sunset, take a night fly somewhere here around the Ohio area, uh, maybe locally, maybe a couple miles out. Maybe you're someone who likes to do further rides for longer periods of time. Or again, maybe you're a photographer, like to do some of those nice aerial pictures. Well, I have a great company for you. It's Sparks Fly. It is here in Mount Gilead, Ohio. It is a veteran owned and operated uh, business here and it's it's owned by pilot and owner Keith Sparks and I'm gonna tell you I had my kids go up here about a week ago and they had a phenomenal time going up in that plane of his now he's got many different types of airplane rides available from a mini tour your basic tour good values better values all the way up to even night flies uh, they go anywhere up from about 20 minutes all the way up to an hour and 30 minute ride. Prices vary on depending on the weather conditions, the time of the year, and where you want to go. But again, great, great company, a great aerial view. And I'm telling you, you will love this if you've never experienced this before. It, it, he is, he's got a great company, hands down. So they even do flight instructions for individuals too. Maybe you want to get your pilot's license. They do that as well. There's several different ways to contact Sparks Fly, and that is one, you can go to their webpage with it, which is www.sparksflyllc.com. You can also call owner Keith Sparks, phone number 419 six zero six one three zero or even drop him a line at keith at sparksflyllc.com need an outside cleaning better call pro select 
House siding, brick, or exterior dirtied or mildewed? Better call ProSelect! Deck looking dingy or yellowed? Better call ProSelect! How about gutter stains or window smudges? You better call ProSelect! ProSelect Exterior Cleaning and Services. For more information or to schedule a free estimate, call 740-504-8311 or visit their website at ProSelect LLC or Facebook. Email them at proselect.es at gmail.com for more information. How many people love sweets? Well, if you're anything like me, folks, you always have that sweet tooth. But there's a solution when it comes to your sugar delight needs. Introducing Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery. With over 40 plus years in bakery experience, Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is your one-stop shop for all your bakery sweets that you're ever gonna need, folks. From delicious sugar cookies decorated to match any special party or party theme occasion, pies and amazing cupcakes from garment flavors to traditional and fabulous wedding cakes for that one in a lifetime moment. Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is hands down the professional and dependable business that you need to order from. For more information, contact Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery at 419-709-0918 or check out their Facebook page for more details and special offers. Dad, I want a cookie. Looks like I'm going to be making a late night order to Lisa Sprinkle's Cookies and Cakeries, folks. When it comes to Mother Nature, anything is possible. And with the unknown possibility comes severe weather. With these severe weather, what usually happens? You get down trees. Once the tree is removed, you've got these stumps just sitting everywhere. They're ungodly, and they're just sitting in your yard, folks. Rather in the backyard, the front yard, up against your house. And they're just a sight for sore eyes. You have to mow around them. You have to stare at them through your windows. Your neighbors don't like seeing it. It makes your property values go down. And over time, stumps start to decay, become sinkholes, or even become bug infested. And who wants to have to call an exterminator for an extra cost? But folks, there is an answer to this problem. It's called Neidhart's Stump Removal and Land Clearing Operations. A family-owned and operated business Nyhart's Stump Removal offers not only stump removal, but forestry, logging, tree cutting services, demolition, as well as excavation. And they're fully insured if something would happen while they're on the job. For more information, you can contact them at 740-751-5654 or visit their website at www nineheartsstumpremoval.com or send your questions to info at nineheartstumpremoval.com
time, a word we take for granted. As the years pass by, so does one's age. Families and loved ones share memories and moments. Many times, as loved ones pass on, they bequeath antiques from their past that end up carrying on into the future through their loved ones. As antique items are handed down through generation to generation. Friends, if you're someone like me, antiques are a way to pass along one story onto the next generation. And maybe that's why my friends at the On the Square Antiques specialize in just that, antiques. Located in downtown Mount Gilead, Ohio, On the Square Antiques feature fine antiques, collectibles, furniture, grand millennial, granny chick, artwork, and very nice jewelry. Store hours are Wednesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Sunday, 12 to 4 p.m. They arrange payments very easily, and you can pick up at your own convenience, or shipping options are available. For more information, check out their Facebook page on On The Square Antiques, or you can message them at onthesquareantiques at yahoo.com, or even by phone, area code 614-330-6322. And as they always say, happy antiquing. And we are back here. I have Disturbed with Land of Confusion. This was originally, that song was done by Genesis. The song was Genesis, and that was by Phil Collins. It has been remade several times by several different artists. Uh, Disturbed there was not the first to have remastered and redone their own version of Phil Collins' song, Genesis. So I thought that would be suiting for the topics and things in which we discuss on this show. I always try to stay politically motivated. Now, getting into the monstrosities that have become part of our nation, when I went to commercial break, I was basically, folks, kind of ranting there at the end, but my point was this. Our country is not what it used to be and what it was founded on, the principles in which we were founded on in this great country. We have lost perspective of what this country means and what it stands for. But that does not mean that there isn't individuals that's out there who are not fighting to preserve and get back to where we need to be. 
That that fight is happening every single day. It's happening in your churches around the country. It is happening in the political spectrum. You do have people that we do elect that are fighting for the heart and soul of this country and for you, the American people. I know that sounds hard to believe at times, but it's true. Just like you have individuals who are who, whose fight is trying to take a corrupt justice system, a two-tiered, multi-level justice system, and trying to rein it in and pull out the corruption that has festered itself into law and order. And you also have everyday American people out there who are trying to do the right thing, not what's easy, what's right, and are fighting back every day, even within our own educational system itself, our own network within the, our own country, to get, to get us back on track to where we really need to be. That was my, my ending comments. I just, I just wanted to break that down so that everybody has an understanding of what's going on and what I'm, I'm trying to get out here. Now, speaking of, like I said, failures that's going on within the United States, do you want to know how bad it's getting politically? With the fighting back and forth between the Republicans and the Democrats and the corruption within the, within the both of the parties, really the Democratic Party, within the left wing of the country who wanted to see everything just take a downward spiral for the worst. Remember how I said here about two months ago on my show, I told everybody that I had brought up a segment about Tucker Carlson from Fox News. And he had a segment about how we should be looking to Europe, especially towards Great Britain, in terms of the way it's politically established with the different parties, not just a two-tiered party system, Republican and Democrat, but a many multi-tiered different party. And I said that he had a point. And that one day, the American people were going to get fed up with this two-party system and all the corruption that was in it. Now, what did I say was going to happen? I said I didn't even give it four or five years and you would start seeing this. You would see it at a low level and you'd start seeing it rise to the national spotlight. Well, it's happened. And I didn't know if anybody else had caught wind of this, but I've got an article here that came out on March the 12th. It was featured on Fox News. It was also featured in Politico and the Washington Post. The title of the article is Newest Political Party on ballot in three states has Democrats terrified. There it is. It's happening. I'm going to read this here. It says a political party has one ballot across three states. 
aiming to offer voters a viable third-party option for the president in 2024, and Democrats are worried the group will act as a spoiler to hand the presidency to the Republicans. Here we go. It says, no labels. A group that claims to want to give voters a non-extreme presidential option next year has gained enough support to appear on the 2024 presidential elections ballot in Colorado, Arizona, and Oregon, of all states. It says criticism of the group varies between those calling in a blatant effort to hurt President Joe Biden's re-election chances to those calling it outright grift. It says right here, it says, rather than producing a third-party ticket that would defy the overwhelming odds and win, no labels is on track to field a spoiler to re-elect Trump or a Trump-like Republican Think Tank Third Way said in a memo this week. As this here, as Biden appears likely to launch his re-election campaign in the coming months, and as Republicans line up to challenge former President Donald Trump for the GOP nomination, the movement to launch a new third party is drawing attention from both right and left. Now, I'm not going to read all of this article again. You can read this yourself. It says, newest political party on the ballot in three states has Democrats terrified. You can read the rest of it yourself. I don't want to spoil it. It was a very good read. But I wanted to talk about this because, again, I said that you were going to have more than just two parties rounding their way in the future. And I said four to five years is what you could expect from that. Well, I'm not even two months from making that comment, and here you are. The group, again, is called No Labels. Now, I know some people are laughing and saying, well, come on, seriously, Mr. Nash, come on. Look. Big changes happen in small ways. And this is, this is just the start of this. I'm telling everybody this right now. The country is getting extremely tired of a political two-way system. You're seeing, you're, you're seeing the, the two-party system be devoured within itself. The left mirrors nothing that... Progressive, and I'm doing that with air quotation mark, Democrats hold to their near and dear to their chest. Just like you have rhino Republicans who are stone set in their ways of what the Republican Party should be against new conservative Republicans. So there is big differences within the two-party system right now. It's only going to get worse. And then you have people within their own party spectrum who is becoming independents. I believe there was two Democratic senators who defected 
and to the independent groups, I do believe. You can do your research on that as well. The point of the matter is here, folks, again, you have the Democrats screaming, well, it's just going to spoil Joe Biden's re-election. I don't think Joe Biden's even going to get re-elected. And I don't think Joe Biden is going to be the only Democrat running. I really don't. I think they see the wavering failure within Joe Biden within the Democratic Party. And I have said this and I will stick by this. They're going to throw him under the bus. It's just a simple matter of time before they find the right candidate. And that's what they're searching for within the Democratic Party. Someone to buck old Dementia Joe. And it's going to happen. But I just, I read that, I seen that, <clears throat> a couple outlets there, and I, I, I just had to save that article if nobody's seen it. And the fact that itself, that they, they came up with the, the group's name as No Labels, I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting. Now, speaking of, again, more issues surrounding the country and the nation itself, I talked about this in great lengths last Sunday. We've had more bank failures within a week's time. It wasn't just Silicon Valley. You had many bank failures, some of them not even being reported about. I have this one from the AP. It was also on Yahoo News. It says, after two historic U.S. bank failures, here's what comes next. This is from the Washington AP. It says here, it says, two large banks that cater to the tech industry have collapsed after a bank run. Government agencies are taking emergency measures to back up the federal system. It says, and Joe Biden is reassuring Americans that the money they have in banks is safe. It's all eerily questionable that the financial meltdown that began with the bustering of the housing bubble 15 years ago Yet the initial pace this time around seems even faster. So it says over the last three days, the U.S. seized the two financial institutions after a bank ran on Silicon Valley Bank based in Santa Carla, California, was the largest bank failure since Washington Mutual went under back in 2008. So it says, why did the bank or banks fail? Well, again, I'm going to give everybody a rundown. It says Silicon Valley Bank had already hit hard by rough patch for tech companies in recent months. And the Federal Reserve's aggressive plan to increase interest rates to combat inflation compounded its problems. It says banks held back billions of dollars worth of treasuries and over bonds which is typically for most banks, they are considered safe investments. However, the value of previously issued bonds had begun to fail and fall because they pay lower interest rates and then compound bonds issued today's higher interest rate environment. Now, 
Why am I bringing this up again? Well, you had even more banks fail. We even had national banks fail here the other day. You had a big bank over in Europe, one of the European banks that failed, having to be, again, backed up by Federal Reserves. There was multiple other banks here in the U.S. that hit some snags financially. The banks didn't shut down. But guess what happened? The U.S. Treasury Department had to go through and bail them out. And what a Janet yelling scream here Friday. Well, she said this was not going to be placed. The burden was not going to be replaced by U.S. taxpayers. Now, I just want to go ahead and tell everybody this right now. Do you honestly think the federal government is going to use their money to basically pop and secure these failing banks? Absolutely not. Who do you think's money that is? The federal government has no money. Who do you think's money that is? That's ours. It's the taxpayers. So when you have Janet Yelling of the Treasury and other key financial people in Congress or President Joe Biden telling the American public, well, you can rest assured your money is safe. We're not doing bailouts on the taxpayers' money. We're, we're federally going to back these people up. We're going to prop them up. We're going to get them back to where they need to be. Well, it's, it's still your taxpayer money. The federal government gets their funds from who? The American public. So in essence, you are propping these failed banks up. Rather, you want to or not. I say let them fail. What I find even funnier about this, would you like to know why? I'm just going to come out and just say it. Why the Silicon Valley Bank in California is being propped up by the federal government? There's irony to this. Well, think about it, folks. Silicon Valley and all of its tech profits and push. Who is that who is that backed up by? Whose money is all invested in that? This is an easy one. Well, that would be most of your uh, political figures within the Democratic Party. They have large shares in all of these tech stock companies. So when the Silicon Valley, when the banking industry there, when it stopped, they shut it down, whose money was trapped in there? It doesn't take a genius to figure this out. Well, you had key politician, key political figures in the Democratic Party, why do you think they were so fast to jump in there on these key failed banks 
and federally prop them up. They're not going to lose their money. They want to get their money out of there. This ain't just regular investors. These are politically driven, democratic investors. Does it make sense now? This is why this made big national news. Not because it was a failed bank. One of the largest failed banks. Do your research a little bit on this. This is where the drive-by media is <laughs> half-assing their research. I want everybody to go out and look at some of the key political players, especially those who push the Green New Deal policies. Find out where their money is invested and what banks they're invested through. And I can guarantee you, guarantee you, that the bank there, the Silicon Valley Bank there in Santa Carla, California, I can guarantee you're going to find out there's a lot of political figures within the Democratic Party their money was invested in there. That's why you've seen such the swift reaction by members of Joe Biden's own White House, the Democratic Party, Janet yelling in the Treasury Department. I'm just telling you, go out, do your research, you'll find out yourself. They're going to prop it up. They're not going to let their money fall through. They're not going to lose their money. They don't give a damn about the other people that's invested. They care about their money. So that's why I will tell everybody, go out, do your own research on that. That is where the drive-by media stops at the reporting of this. I don't know why. That's a big, it's a big story. But who are the players behind it? Whose money is invested in there? Why is there such a swift chain of events by the Democratic Party? I can tell you why. I'm giving you the hint and the nod. Look it up. Speaking of, again, this was from The Hill. This is on their business side. This came out here on the 13th. It says, who is to pay to restore Silicon Valley signature bank deposits. Again, in this article, again, you can read it yourself. It says the federal government mobilized immediately in response to the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, the SVB, and Signature Bank, working over the weekend to secure depositors and ensure that the $200 billion of venture capital and high-tech startup money stored in the two banks was safe. Again, folks, again, who is these investors? I'm telling you. I'm telling you who the investors are. That's why it was so fast. They were so fast to get in there. They're not going to lose their money. Again, in this article, it talks about how 
You had Janet Yelling. She was interviewed on here. How the U.S. Uh, public is not going to be, the taxpayers not going to be flipping the bill from this. Of course we are. Where does the federal government get their money? It comes from the taxpayers. So of course we're going to be paying for this bailout. And that is what is essentially what it's going to be. A bailout. Now, speaking of other issues, I've got this article here from Newsmax. This is over Credit Susie. Now, Credit Susie, this was the, the head of the article here, it says Credit Susie unease sparks world stock sell-off. This is what I was talking about over in Europe. It says US, U.S. stocks fell sharply on Wednesday as turbulence as Credit Suisse revived fears of a banking crisis, eclipsing bets on a smaller interest U.S. rate hike in March following weak economic data. It says Credit Suisse's troubles piled more pressure on the banking successors, undoing relief from energy and an emergency measures taken by U.S. authorities to prevent uh, a collapse of the SVB financial and peer signature bank. As some investors believe aggressive U.S. interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve caused cracks in the financial system. They tightened at the steepest point, most dramatic rate that has ever been seen since the 1980s. But here it says in this article here, it says the European stock markets fell sharply on Wednesday, aimed at banking sector fallout. The pan-European stocks 600 index closed 3% lower with all sectors in red. Banking stocks sank 7%, followed by oil and gas sectors down 6.6%. It says Credit Suisse ended at the bottom of the blue chip index overseas after the bank's biggest lender, Saudi National Bank, said it would not be able to offer it more financial help, citing a regulatory reasons. Credit Suisse closed down 24% after falling as much as 30% earlier in the session. It says Credit Suisse has hit an all-time record low. It says after its largest investor said it would not provide more financial backing and banking, stating that a route in Europe uh, lenders and pressuring U.S. banks as well. So here we are. What's happening again? It's the same issue going on. We have banks out there who are not getting money back on bad investments, on loans. You have rate hikes coming into play here, and nobody is even being prepared for this. It has nothing to do with the Federal Reserve hiking up rates. It's just called bad miss management of money through the banking system and lending programs. So when they talk about cracks, that's what the crack is. It has nothing to do with the Federal Reserve. 
And it has to do, again, with bad money management, bad practices to the banks and the government institutions that regulate them. There you have it. That's what it boils down to, folks. Again, you can find and read about this article. It's on Newsmax. It says, title here, it says, Credit Susie Unease Sparks World Stock Sell-Off. Now, I am about 27 minutes here to the middle of the show. I have a couple more articles to go over here. So I'm going to go to my, my last commercial timeout here. So stay tuned. When I come back, we're going to go over the last articles here that I have for your end of the week wrap up. So stay tuned and I'll be right back. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. It's me again, Charles Nash, your host from Political Theater. When you wake up in the morning, you're tired. You're trying to fumble around the bedroom, find your way down the stairs into your kitchen. And what's the one thing you want to do? You want to get woke up. Well, that's where I have a problem. In the morning, I try to find the best coffee that I possibly can. The regular things off the store shelves just don't work for me. But I found a coffee and a company that does. It's called Black Rifle Coffee. Now, Black Rifle Coffee is made and owned by veterans here in the United States. They serve a premium coffee. The coffee is imported from highly qualified coffee beans from Colombia and Brazil. They're roasted for five days at their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee and Salt Lake City, Utah. They have some of the best coffee that you can imagine. One cup and even a half a cup gets me woke up in the morning and I've got enough energy to carry me through the rest of the day. So I'm here to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee. You can go online to blackriflecoffee.com, order from their webpage, they will ship it to your house directly. They've got s several different kinds of roasts. And again, some of the best coffee you'll ever have. That's Black Rifle Coffee. And if you don't want to believe me or take my word for it, go to their website. You can get a free trial yourself and taste the magic in their coffee. Again, that's Black Rifle Coffee. Try it. Stress, headaches, and long hours at work. That pain in your lower back that just won't go away. Day after day, week after long week. You for once wish you could be pampered. Get some feeling of relaxation you've long deserved. Well, I'm happy to announce you can. And it's easy, affordable, and just a click or phone call away. When life has taken away my relaxation, I check into the Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness. Located at 6174 Commerce Drive, Suit E in Mount Gilead, Ohio, Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness offer a wide variety of services, including relaxation massage, therapeutic deep tissue massage, cupping, hot stones, 
prenatal massage, facials, facial waxing and cupping, eyebrow tinting and eyelash lifting, CBD muscle mender, and even aromatherapy. They are a five-star rated business. Operating hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, check out their Facebook page or tailoredmassagetherapyandwellness.com. You can also contact them by email at tailoredmassagewellness at gmail.com or by phone, area code 567-233-3288. My friends, how many people here have a driveway or maybe have a driveway that needs repaired? Well, I have a great company here. It is KB, the Gravel Guy LLC. Now they are located in mid-Ohio, in the Ohio area. They are basically a gravel company. They will come in, completely redo your driveway. Maybe you have some holes that need to be filled in. Well. KB, the gravel guy, can take care of that for you. Now, I have their information here. You can rather go to their Facebook page under KB, the gravel guy, or you can give them a telephone call, area code 419-564-7231, or you can even message them through their Facebook page and app. Again, that's KB, the gravel guy, for all of your gravel needs. Friends, when it comes to big, costly concrete projects, rather for the residential, commercial, or just for decorative needs, you want a company that's reliable and professionally dependable. That's why for all of my concrete project needs, I contact the people at Pennington Concrete. Pennington Concrete is locally owned and an operated business. They specialize in residential, commercial, and decorative concretes. And they are a five-star rated business. So if you have any concrete projects and need help getting your concrete masterpiece off the ground, put the trowel tools down and call the professionals at Pennington Concrete. You'll save loads of time, money, and headaches. For more information, you can contact Pennington Concrete at 740-396-7620 or check out their Facebook page under Pennington Concrete and tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Charles Nash, from Political Theater. You know, I get to do a lot of local ads for small businesses and businesses that are just opening up here in Ohio. And out of all of them that I've done ads for, there's one that really stands out to me just because of the story behind it. And it's so touching. That would be Footprints and Wax. Now, they are a fairly new small family business. They are located between Galleon and Mount Gilead, Ohio. They create all-natural, hand-poured soy wax melts. 
all natural, chemical free, face, body, hand, feet, and lip scrubs. Chemical free products that help eliminate many dangerous toxins from entering the home and our bodies. They also create hand-painted, beautiful wooden ornaments for any occasion. The perfect gift for loved ones. And with the holidays just around the corner, who could pass up on their wide variety of gift baskets they have to offer? Pricing is reasonable and affordable. They provide a professional and speedy process while also trying to maintain the highest quality of products for their customers. Working hours are Monday through Sunday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, or on their webpage at www.footprintsinwax.com. Or you can call the owner, Missy Boggs, area code 419-569-1222 for further questions. And tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Thanks, folks. When you are in need of drain and plumbing services, there's only one place, ladies and gentlemen, for local service that you can actually rely on. That is Dolan Drain and Plumbing Service. Located in Cardington, serving the Morrow County area, Dolan Drain and Plumbing offer quality service and customer satisfaction. With drain cleaning, camera inspections, and a full plumbing service, they offer a 24-7 emergency service for you and your family when the unexpected rears its ugly head. Billing is easy and affordable, and they offer a 10% off for services with cash payments. So if you are in need of a drain or a plumbing service issue, call Doolin and Plumbing Service, area code 419-560-6807. And put your drain and plumbing services in their hands. You'll be thankful you did, folks. When your, your identity is defined by society, you cannot resist it. You don't have the knowledge, you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the resources to understand that something's being put over on you. You cannot but help believe the definition of you as a free agent. But you believe yourself to be a free agent as a result of not being free. That is to say, of being uh, uh, hopelessly unable to resist society's identification of you. There's a reason education sucks. It's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big wealthy businesses just that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. they got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. they got you by the balls. 
They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interests. That's right. That right there, folks, coming back in from my last commercial timeout, that, um, that was George Carlin uh, speaking. If you remember him, he um, George Carlin was the gentleman. He used to do a lot of stand-up. Um, but he was also in the, the Bill and Ted movies. You know, remember Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, he was uh, Rufus, I believe his character was in that movie. That is George Carlin. He, he played in many other movies. He, he passed away many years back. But uh, he spoke out highly about what was the issues involving the United States and, and politics in general. And a lot of what he said, folks, is precisely to the T, and it, 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 it mirrors everything he said back then. And this was back during the 90s. It mirrors to a T what is happening right now in the political spectrum and, and the way the United States is sitting right, right now. It's... It's very eerie. That's why I played that here coming back from, from our last commercial timeout. Now, I said I had a, a couple more articles to discuss. I do here. I have one that just came out. Um, as we were talking about before break, I was talking about the banks, <clears throat> excuse me, the banks failing again. I, I've got this article here from Newsmax Finance. It says, lawmakers to examine uh, merits of higher bank deposit insurance cap. And you're, you're going to love the individuals who are at the forefront of this. I want to read this. It says, four prominent U.S. lawmakers on banking matters said on Sunday, that's today, they would consider whether a higher federal insurance limit on bank deposits was needed to stem a financial crisis marked by drain of large uninsured deposits away from smaller and regional banks. This is what Elizabeth Warren, of all people, Pocahontas, this is who they're saying is, is their <laughs> financial guru, one of the four? Experts on banking matters? Elizabeth, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Are you kidding me? Listen to this. This is what Elizabeth Warren said. She goes, I think that lifting the FDIC insurance cap is a good move. She said on CBS, she says, face the nation. She said um, she was referring to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation's current $250,000 limit per uh, depositor. Ask what new higher level it should be. Elizabeth Warren, a member of the, the Senate Banking Committee, said, this is a question we must work through. Is it $2 million? Is it $5 million? Is it $10 million? Small, small businesses need to be able to count on getting their money to make payroll, to pay the utility bills, 
Uh, says here, Warren dis- declined to discuss conversations she had held with the Biden administration about such a move, but said an insur- insurance limit hike is one of the options that's got to be on the table right now. You also had Senator Mike Rounds, who is a Republican. He's on the banking committee um, as well. Also questioned whether the $250,000 limit, which was increased from $100,000 during the 2008 financial crisis, was still appropriate. Perhaps that's not enough, Rounds told NBC's Meet the Press. He added that the regional and smaller banks would want some reassurances that they can compete with larger banks. It's going to take a couple of months for consumers outside to recognize that all the banks are stable. You also had Republican Representative Patrick uh, McHenry, who's also a chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, said that he would work to address the inadequately or inadequacy of the FDIC deposit insurance, but added that he has not had any conversation with Joe Biden's office on raising the limit. So it says pressure has mid-sized and smaller banks from uh, deposit outflows continued, it said here on Friday, despite the move by several large banks to deposit $30 billion into the First Republic Bank an institution rocked as well by the failure of the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank failures. Reading on here in this article, it talks about, again, how you had Jill Biden, you had the U.S. Treasury spokesman declined for comment. You had Janet Yellen. She told senators and reporters last week that, the, that further guarantees of uninsured bank deposits beyond those of the SBB and signature banks would require a systematic risk determination by her, President Joe Biden, and super majorities of the Federal Reserve and FDIC boards. Look, what does this boil down to? Again, mismanagement of banking. Funds and loans. You can sit there and say, well, it has to do with the the lower banks not having enough money so that when people take out these large deposits where they would normally get them from large banks, the small banks then have no money for other small businesses and other smaller entities to pull their funds for, to pay payrolls, to pay bills, you name it. It causes failures and cracks within the system. No, what happens is, what happens is, again, it's failures within investments in the bank, the banking industry itself. It's failures for what they're giving out in loans. It all goes back to, if you look at the 2008 financial crisis and then the 2010 housing bubble crisis, bad loans. 
Besides bad loans, you had people giving out money on investments that they knew were bad. We also have a federal government who is printing money out the wazoo that is worthless. It's worthless. You also have federal regulations that banks have on these boards and committees where if they see a financial problem within their own institute, they can regulate and produce their own money for their own, their, their own banking institute. And they're fine with that. But yet when somebody else comes in and wants large amounts of money, pull rather from a large bank or a small bank or takes out loans that are bad, well, they blame this crisis on that. It has to do with also all of these stupid financial blunders and regulations and rules that the bank is placing on themselves as well. That's what it boils down to. And I love this article because, again, when they ask all of these senators, well, what do you guys plan on doing? Do, do you think we, we really need to um, you know, have a higher bank deposit insurance cap? I mean, what, 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 what do you think? Nobody had an answer. Nobody had an answer. Those are your, those are supposedly, those senators are your bank gurus, your money gurus. Come on. All the people there that I named, those are your, those are your saviors for the, the, the banking industry, the collapse that's going on right now, and none of them have an answer. It's not just the Democrats on those committees, it's also the Republicans on those committees. They have no answers. I believe, folks, this is going to get a lot worse than it's going to get better. The cracks, as they, they keep talking about here, the cracks is just beginning. We have not seen the levee break yet. Give it time. I think you're going to see more of a financial collapse than what's being noted by the drive-by media and the people in Washington. I think this goes a lot deeper than what people really know. I just had to share that. That article just came out. It just popped up. I had to share it with everybody. Just like this other article that just popped up, I have to share it before I get to my last two articles. I was talking about at the beginning of the show how it's dominated this whole week with the whole possible indictment of Donald Trump here on Tuesday. <laughs> They had, uh, they had John Kirby, who is the National Security Council spokesman uh, for the White House. They asked him on Fox News here just moments ago. They said uh, the, the calls for, by Trump for protests ahead of the, uh, the potential arrest for alleged campaign violation funds over this whole Stormy Daniels thing. They, they, they said his, his comment about maybe having violent protests. When did he say violent protests? Look, folks, the wording take your country back 
could span anything. Why do we automatically assume it means violent protests? Is that what he said? Did he come out and say violent protests? I mean, I'm sorry for trying to beat a dead horse here, but I mean, come on. It's like I said earlier. It's like people losing their damn minds on the drive-by media and these liberal left outlets about make America great again. What the hell is wrong with that? How does that even adventure into a negative zone? I don't understand it. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm I'm not I'm not trying to look for a problem that there isn't because there isn't one there. I, I'm I, I don't understand this. I don't understand where he said you need to have violent protests. That's not what he said. There's no merit to this. But I, I had to laugh here because this is what John Kirby said. He said uh, Kirby addressed the situation during his appearance on Fox News Sunday, saying he wasn't aware of any potential violence related to former President Trump's call for protests. This is what he said. He said, we're always monitoring the situation here as the best we can, Kirby said, and we obviously don't want to see any activity grow violent. Certainly nothing to the extent of we saw on January 6th, but we're watching this time. We'll watch it, of course, closely. Here we go again. Does everyone see how they automatically just, people just say, well, it's January 6th talk. It's January, I don't understand this. He never said anything about, I want you to go out there and perform violent protests, criminal acts. Is that what he said? I mean, I read the text. Taking your nation back, that's kind of a vague comment. That doesn't allude to anything scandalous or negative or violent in nature. Lots of people have said that. I gave examples of this. I mean, I, I could have said what Maxine Waters said, which was an act of violence. But everybody else swept it under the rug. So why is it taking your country back? Why is that considered automatically? It's January 6th talk. He wants violent riots. Really? That's what he said. <laughs> it's breathtaking. It, it really is. I, For the life of me, I, as I go through and follow politics, the asinine jargon that they misconstrue these media outlets and politicians in their mind of what is actually said to what they think is being said. Nowhere even close in comparison. Nowhere even close. Now, I'm going to get to my last two articles here. I have got to. I got this other article here from Newsmax. It was also on Politico. Title of it is Schumer, House GOP Energy Bill, a non-starter. Now, if you haven't heard, again, we do not have a good standing energy production 
anywhere in the U.S. The, the green new garbage deal that Joe Biden and the Democrats have rammed through has destroyed the energy sector throughout the whole U.S. You had Joe Biden here a week and a half ago who was already flip-flopping on how he said over in Alaska they have this big giant um, energy drilling plan that they have planned out. It'd be new oil drilling, new jobs, oil coming into the country. Joe Biden flip-flopped, said he was for it. Now he's back to, I don't know, because he's being pressured by, again, you have these left liberal communists and this Green New Energy deal push that's crippling our country. I mean, it really is. But here you go. Here you had a Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat from New York. He pledged Wednesday that the House Republicans' first major bill, a massive energy package, would be dead on arrival to the Senate. He said the roadblock illustrates the current dynamic and dramatic distancing between the Democratic-controlled Senate and the Republican-led House, where deep ideologically divisions and investigations have spewed major gridlock. Isn't that the truth? It says today, House Republicans are rolling out a partisan, dead-on-arrival, on serious proposal for addressing Americans' energy needs that they have laughably labeled R or excuse me HR1. It is a non-starter in the Senate, the Democratic leader Chucky Schumer said. It says the only way we will pass genuine energy package, this Congress is through partisan cooperation, he said, adding that his supports ongoing talks between the House and the Senate speeding up issues over permits. This is the nearly 200-page Lower Energy Costs Act was introduced Tuesday by the House Majority Leader Steve Casile. Uh, Steve uh, Casiles uh, says, according to the Louisiana Republican, the bill seeks to cut red tape and increase dramatic energy production. It says... Uh, it says the bill would prohibit Joe Biden from banning the practice of fracking nationwide and would also mandate that at least four onshore, off, excuse me, onshore oil lease sales be held each year in eligible states. Other provisions included in the bill requires an assessment of economic efforts before halting mining on federal lands, reserving numerous climate provisions from Joe Biden's uh, Inflation Reduction Act and reforming the permitting process. It says here that uh, Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat from West Virginia, who is considered a key swing vote, has been meeting recently with Rep. Bruce uh, Westerman, Republican of, of Arkansas, to discuss the re Republicans' proposal this is also what Axio reported as well. So basically what this comes down to, Republicans in this HR1 bill want to make it so that we get back to business here in the U.S. And you have Democrats like Chucky e. Schumer saying, 
well, no, there's no bipartisan support on this. We did not get to play our hand in this. You can't do away with the red tape. You can't go away with the, the, the Inflation Reduction Act that we put together and that is helping this country. Who has it helped? Who has it helped? You have red taped the energy sector to the point we have no growth in the U.S. You have crippled it. We have no oil drilling. You're shutting down mining now on federal reserves. You're shutting down the coal industry. You're shutting down all of the energy sectors, even the offshore drilling has come to a halt. There is no fracking. We are no longer self-sustainable and independent on oil. We're now back to asking for oil overseas. And who is at the helm of this? Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. The same individual who tapped the Federal Reserve to bring down oil prices just to go out, threaten the oil companies for more production, but then try to tell them that they have to cap their production. Now, I'm going to tell you, folks, it's just like right now I said this here two weeks ago. The only reason that Joe Biden is considering allowing this Alaskan drilling project to happen presidential election in 2024. He has so many problems at his front doorstep. This is but one of many. He has to do something. You mark my word. He has to do something in order to keep gas prices somewhat moderately low. Summer's coming. And if gas prices fluctuate back up high again, he's dead in the water. And they know this. But I think, again, you have Senate Democrats thinking this is a non-starter. Go ahead. Keep pushing no on this button. You're cooking your own goose here. Because it will. The, the, the gas prices are going to shoot up this summer. What are you going to do now that he has tanked the National Reserve? Republicans have a very good foundation here. As much as the drive-by media wants to report, no, they do. They have the upper hand in this. Because again, what have I said? When it starts hitting the taxpayer's wallet, your financial stability, it doesn't matter what party you are, folks, that's going to go right out the freaking window. And you will vote common sense back in. I, I'm not wrong on this. I know how it works. So I would, I would say keep a close eye on this and the fight over the energy sector here in the next month. Because we're, we're coming to the end, folks, of March. April is right around the corner. That's just like speaking of Chucky e. Schumer. I got this last article here I've been holding on to from the Hill. Title of it is 
Schumer slams DeSantis for saying Ukraine war not in vital nation's interest. It's not. It is a proxy war that we have nothing and should have nothing to do with. Look, I know that I have people that send me nasty hate mail and critique me for when I say this. What the hell do we have to do with anything over there? I have already told everybody, you can look this up for yourself, what do we get from Ukraine? What do we get from Russia, from Mother Russia? What do we get? There isn't anything that, that we run this country with that we get from either of those two countries. What do we get from them? What strategic supplies do we get from Ukraine or Russia? The answer, nothing. When you have people go, well, well we get one of the largest uh, grain supplies. No, we don't. That is Europe, folks. That is not us. We are in the top four producers of wheat in the world. and many other notable products. We do not get anything from Russia or Ukraine. Now, getting back to this article, you had Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer. He criticized Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for um, basically saying the Russia invasion of Ukraine was a basically a territorial dispute that does not raise to the rise to the level of um, vital interest, national interest here in the U.S. He's right. I, I've been saying this from the beginning. What the hell are we even doing over there? This is a conflict between a nation, an internal nation, and its neighbor that used to be Russia. Has nothing to do with us. Should have nothing to do with us. We shouldn't have anything going on over there in this proxy war. If anybody should be getting involved in that, let the United Nations get involved in it. That's what they're paid for by every country around the world that's part of NATO. That is their damn job. They are the safety net of the world, not the USA. And that's what it comes down to. I agree here with, with Governor DeSantis 100%. Now, that is going to be it for today's show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. I will be back here next Sunday, which should be the 26th of March. This will be the last Sunday before we head into April, heading into the Easter holiday. Um, again, if you would like to have free advertising, there are three ways you can have free advertising for your business. One. You can call me, telephone number 740-802-7936, or you can go to my Facebook page, look up uh, Charles Nash. You'll see the big political theater icon of me on there, red, white, and blue. Looks like something out of an old Ronald Reagan poster, political poster. Lastly, you can email us at politicaltheater114 at gmail.com. Again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. This has been another great show. 
I will let everyone know I've got some guests coming in the next couple of weeks. I'll have more on that, so stay tuned. But again, I hope everyone has a beautiful, sunny Sunday, and I will see everybody back here on the 26th. Until then, stay safe, stay smart, and get out there and stay active.